Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad that you're here. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at our Life Church Guys Retreat that took place in February of 2022. The sermons are a three-part series on community, accountability, and responsibility. The second sermon is from Pastor Dallas, and it's on the subject of accountability and the power of confession. This particular sermon is titled, I don't know why I'm being so honest. All right. All right. So this, uh, this is even in my notes. I just had this fun joke the other day. Um, the, uh, someone called the church and they said, hey, my mom passed away. Um, is pastor available to do the funeral? And, and he wasn't. He actually had something... Uh, Engagement, and I said, "Hey, tell them that I'm available." And they told the person that they're available, and the person came back and said, "No, is Pastor Scott available?" And I was like, in my head, I was a little like offended, but I realized because I'm the kids' pastor, maybe they think that I would go into a funeral like, "Hey, your mom died!" Wow, like you know, like you know, or they thought I was going to be goofy and like throw like confetti and like you know, she's in heaven. Wow. Like, I, I, I don't do that at funerals. Um, <laughs> some of you guys laugh, but some of you guys looked at me like, that's not funny. I was, I, you're right, you're right. That wasn't funny. So uh, turn with me to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Um, I'm going to start reading in verse tw- 13. I almost said 12, but that would have been a lie. So James chapter 5, verse 13. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The title of my message this morning is called, I don't know why I am being so honest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to men that I like to do life with and men who, uh, who I believe are gonna do great things. But Lord, I pray, Lord, as, this, as we do this message, Lord, that they'd be challenged, not offended. They would be um, encouraged, not fearful. And that, Lord, that we could literally take what we heard and take it into the next portion of our lives. Be with us in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So in March will be six years that I've lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or De Pere, Wisconsin, which... Some of you guys know when you talk about Wisconsin, to anyone outside of Wisconsin, if you don't, if you say to Pierre, they're confused, but if you say Green Bay, they go, oh yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. So in the six years I've been here, I've, you know, I guess being a likable person, I've been invited to, you know, a couple Packer games, and I realize that I'm at the point now where I might have said no more than yes. Because when you go to a Packer game, especially during football season, you go, it's, it's 
It's really cold. And so there was one time, it was, it was 2018. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I jumped ahead. Let me ask you a question because I, I, I jumped ahead. How many of you remember a time where you almost didn't do something, but you did, and you're really glad you did it? So that's the question. I, this is my story. It was 2018, and Pastor Sean gave me and my friend tickets to a game. And it was in September, and there was a part of me that was trying to think of reasons not to go. Like, like it's September. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like February cold, but it's still kind of cold. So I'm going to have to like layer up. Lambo is still outside. They're not going to change that. And at the time, they were, the game was they're playing the Bears. So in my mind, they're going to win this game. No point in going. I already know the results. So I had every reason to not go. I had every reason to say, like, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip this one, you know, but thank you and things like that. But I still said yes. I said, all right, I'll go. I mean, it's a Packer game, and it's fun. You know, the, the fireworks go off. They come out. It's great. You're watching the game, and this particular game my thoughts about the Packer, Packers playing went out the window. For some reason that day, the Bears are whooping them, like just pounding them. And, and, and it gets bad. And to the point, in the first half, the Bears are beating the Packers 20 to zero. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And so I'm going into the halftime of this game going, man, I knew I shouldn't have came to this game. It's not even worth it. And so like in my head, I'm like, I wonder if I can convince, I, I really was like that old man thing. Like, you know, those, those, those progressive commercials where they're talking about parking and, and, and they're like, so when are we going to leave? And he's like, hey, let's not talk about leaving until we're in the game. But I had that moment where I was like, I wonder if I can convince my friend to like, hey, let's take off. Like, they're not winning this game. It's 20 to zero and our quarterback's hurt. So, like, I'm kind of getting the, you know, the gumption to ask him, and all of a sudden, there's a murmur happening. Like, people are getting text messages, and there's word that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back into the third quarter. So I was like, all right. But here's the thing. I still have my doubts. I was like, yeah, but he's probably gonna like play like one rep and then like he's gonna do this thing, you know? Like he's like, you know, and they gotta take him off. And I don't even know who our backup was at the time. Oh, wait, no, it, it might have been uh, uh, our homie. What was his name? Yeah, I think it was Brett. I think it was Brett. So, um, but for some reason, he comes out and it's starting to look good. Like it's getting crazy. Defense is starting to play. And in the third quarter, we get three on the board. It's 20 to three. Still have my doubts. Still wondering if I should have came. I mean, it's, I mean, we didn't get, you know, shut out. That's a good thing. And then the fourth quarter happens. 
And it was to the point where I was like, what is going on? It's like I'm watching a movie. Like, like the defense was playing great. Aaron's throwing throws he shouldn't be throwing. I was like, I think this guy lied. I think he did a Paul Pierce. Like, I think he, he pretended he was hurt to get the fans. And he, I mean, he was just playing. And then all of a sudden, before the game ends, the Packers went from 20 to zero, where they came back and they won the game 24 to 23, I think it was. And I was like, I mean, it was, I mean, can you imagine? Okay, I know how you felt watching a game like that at home. Like, you're like, whoa! Like, and you know, you're high-fiving people. Imagine watching a game like that in the front of a whole bunch of people, like drunk people too. Like, like shirts got taken off. They're like, ah! Like, it was just nuts. And I remember leaving and like, when you, when, it's, it's great to be a Packers fan when you win because it's like, I want to high-five everybody. Yeah, yeah, we watched that game. Yeah, like it was just so like bananas. It was crazy. And I remember walking back to the car going, man, I'm so glad I went to that game. But I didn't want to at first. I thought of every reason not to. But being that I did, I mean, I got to, I mean, even to the point like the NFL, like re-aired it and I watched it again. And the whole time I kept going as I watched, I'm like, I was there. I was there. I was there. Like I was there. And it was just amazing. And I'm seriously, it was probably one of the best games I've ever been to, but I almost didn't go. The book of James is easily one of my favorite books of the Bible because honestly it came it was presented to me in a time that was not great in my life. My parents were getting divorced. My family was a wreck. I gave my life to Jesus and went home to people who didn't care. The only thing they said was, hey, don't, don't try to put that Jesus stuff on me. I think my brother said, Jesus juju. Like, don't put that Jesus juju on me. And I was like, all right. So there was no encouragement. And I remember a mentor of mine who was my basketball coach said, hey, you should read the book of James. And so I remember I woke, I, I, I read that first chapter. I mean, chapter one, verse two of, of the book of James is awesome. Consider it all joy when problems come. Oh man, yes. You know, I'm like, I'm writing, I'm highlighting, I'm writing down. I'm like, yes, this is so good. Chapter two comes. Faith without works is dead. Boom, whoa, yeah, yeah, you're right. I got, I, got, I got to put some work in my faith. I can't just have it. I got to do something about it. You know, I'm highlighting and underlining. And chapter three, controlling the tongue. You're right, you're right. I got to control my tongue. It's so powerful. I got to control it. You're highlighting, underlining, writing it down and just loving it. Chapter four, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I got to stay humble. I got to be teachable. Highlight, highlight, highlight. I'm loving it. James, is, I mean, this, this book is great. Why didn't anyone tell me about this book? And then I get to chapter five and I'm loving the book. I'm listening and I'm writing and then I get to verse 16 where it says, confess your sins to each other. And this was the first time I looked at a scripture and I said, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna confess my sins because to me, especially at that time, I was a new Jesus person. I was new to the Jesus faith and I was being around other Jesus people. So I, I didn't want them, I didn't wanna be shunned for my sins. I didn't wanna confess my sins and get like a, ooh. I didn't wanna go around and, and say, hey, 
just want to let you know, this is what I'm struggling with. And they're like, oh, yuck, you know? I mean, it's easy to talk about pride. You got a pride problem. You're right, man, me too, me too. But stuff I was struggling with, you know, you don't, you didn't get it in my circle. You didn't get people going like, yeah, man, me too. Like, it wasn't that thing. And so there was a time for many years that I looked at that verse, and that verse wasn't highlighted in my Bible. Like, I, it was a skipped highlight. And for me, the word confess, that word alone can be intimidating. Because for someone like us, we think of confessionals. You know, we think about, you know, having to confess and, 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 and from, you know, there. And then, and so hearing that word, I was totally out. But, but studying the scripture, confession in this text isn't encouraging the believer to retell the offense. It's actually, it's, it's a humble honesty of having committed sin. So when it says confess your sins to each other, it's not saying like, Hey, B, I just want you to know, in 1998, there was a time, like, it doesn't say that. It just says, hey, I'm going to be honest that I deal with sin, that I've committed sin, and I want you to know. And for me, I, I got to this place where I finally was able to admit that I have a lust problem. And that was like the first step, because lust, can mean a whole bunch of stuff, but we're in, a, we're in the category. Not as popular as pride. Like people can take pride, but when you go, I got a lust problem, they go, oh, okay. Go talk to that guy over there. But then I realized what God was talking about with the healing. Because once I was out, once my sins were public, I started to get a little more descriptive with it. I started to let people know that it's not just lust, but I struggle with pornography. I struggle with anger. I, I have an addiction. And I didn't have to give an account for specific dates. In fact, I probably couldn't give you specific dates. When addiction, you're just like, it happened a lot. Addiction means more than like, like 12 times, like it's just, it's a lot. It was a lot, and I, and I am struggling with it. And to the point, for me, my addiction would be like the addiction Pastor Keith was talking about. That I have to make sure that I, I am not surrounded by things. And so I got to a point where I, I would, I would get more and more honest and more honest and, and say, yeah, it was, it was, it's pornography, it's anger, it's, you know, I, I can't look at women's, for too long sometimes. You know, that was the problem I had. That I went into my marriage looking at sex the wrong way because I ingrained myself with pornography and, and I thought that was sex that's acting. That's not real. And I just got more and more real and I got to a point where I just was realizing that I was way past the thought of, ugh, with people. Because the more and more I was just honest about it, the more I really began to walk in what the second part of the scripture says. There'll be healing. And see, just like the game that I almost didn't go to, and I'm glad I did it because I got to go to the, one of the best games of my life, 
I'm so glad that I got to a point where I was willing to confess what I'm dealing with because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to walk in the healing that God had for my life. Which leads to the question, what kind of healing can I get from this? Like, like, did you like get physical healing? Like, did you, like every time you like, you know, you said, hey, I'm addicted to pornography. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, my toes feel better. Like, here's what I mean by healing. Because some of us, we may think, like me, it might be a time where, like, there's no healing from doing this. Like, you just get it out there. Now you feel shame. Now you feel guilt. Now you feel icky and gross. There's no healing in that. What healing can you get from confessing your sin to each other and praying for each other? If you're taking notes, I wanna, I, I think there's a couple things. Because here's what I can tell you. That mindset of there's nothing you could get healing from. I can't get healing from being honest about what I'm struggling with. That's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think, nope, keep it in. They're gonna look at you weird. Don't do it. Keep it in. So if you're taking notes, there are four things that I think you can receive healing from when you confess your sins. Here's number one. The healing of release. What I mean is that the healing of getting it out and not holding it in. Honestly, it's like the spiritual version of a fart. Like, like when you hold it in, it's just like, it just, you know. But when it's out, you like, you just want to like, just kick and dance. You just want to, it's all about it. It's just, it feels great to have it out. And that's what the release is, is it's, it's being that first step where you could be real for the first time. That you're not some version that you're trying to portray, that you know, this is me, warts and all. This is my struggle. This is my, I'm dealing with my pain, my hurt. I love it. Luke chapter 18, <coughs> excuse me, he says a, par a parable in verse nine. It says, then Jesus told his story to someone who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He said, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector, which is so crazy to hear that story. Like, like if I was a tax collector, I'd be like, what? You're talking about me? You're talking, like, he's, I mean, like, I could just see it. Especially not like that tax collector. He's the worst. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of my income, but... The tax collector stood at a distance and dared not to even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest with sorrow, saying, God, be merciful for, to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He returned home justified before God. Not before men, but before God, because he beat his chest and he said, I am a sinner and I need you. I mean, that statement of, is, is an, a statement of honor, in my opinion. If, if I heard someone, if, if I heard God say, you are justified in my eyes, I'd be like, thank you. 
And I strive to return home justified before God. And when we place ourselves in a position of openness and honesty, we are opening ourselves to allow God to do what he can do best. And that's allowing healing to happen in your life. Here's number two. The healing of that's me too. Here's what I mean. One of the biggest lies I believe we like to believe is you're the only one that deals with this. That what you're struggling with I mean, maybe people struggle with what, you know, a version of what you struggle with, but specifically what you struggle with? No, there ain't anyone who knows what you're dealing with. Uh-uh, might as well just keep that in. Don't be too descriptive. Maybe do what Pastor said and just say, I got a, I got a lust problem. I got a, I got a thinking problem. Just be vague. Because if you get specific, people are gonna be like, ooh. But it's the biggest lie. And I remember being asked one time, um, I was pretty all honest. I, honestly, I, I'm gonna be real with you. I wish I could say that I came to a point with my, my problem and I just said, I gotta get this out. No, my sin found me out. I was actually dating a girl and I had my lust problem and I found out that she had a lust problem. And when you have two people who have lust problems, a lot of freaky stuff can start happening. And that's what happened having sex all the time, and I was, I was getting my, I was going to school to be a pastor. So obviously, if you're going to school to be a pastor and you're having sex behind the scenes, you want to kind of keep that under wraps. So you want to keep it cool, and you're like, hey, let's just keep it cool. But she did one of the best things she could have done for me. She went to my pastors at the time and just said, hey, I just want you to know, me and Dallas have been having sex for a while. I'm out. She left. And they pulled me in and said, hey, this girl just said, you guys have been having sex, is that true? And I'm like, ha, 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 You know, at the time, I was like, I'm ruined. I'm never gonna be in ministry again. Might as well just keep doing the janitor life, I'm done. My calling is through. So my sin found me out, and I went through a process of healing and restoration and finding the root. It wasn't that I have a sex problem, I had a lust problem, and I had an addiction problem. And so we had to re, really dig deep into the surface of it and identify what it was. And can I tell you, it didn't start with a pornography movie, it started with a rated R movie. It started with allowing myself to see nudity. It, was a lot, it started with me looking at images that even, they weren't naked, but they showed enough. And that was all I needed to start the addiction. See, it's just like with someone else. If you just had a little bit, you'll go overboard. That's how it was with me. And I had to identify that and I had to surface that. And then there came a time where we did this guys and girls retreat. Um, so it was, it was junior high and high school, boys and girls, and, and we came together and we did worship together, and then we split out. I actually went to two different hotel rooms. And my friend, uh, Pastor Jeremy, did a message, but he asked me to come up and give my testimony in his message. So I wasn't even speaking. I just had to give my story. So he preaches, he goes, hey, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have Dallas come up, he's gonna talk. And I came up and I spilled the beans. I talked about, I talked about everything, because I mean, it's out. I'm already, I'm, I'm already, I already let it out. I might as well just really get even more detailed. 
And so I start talking about everything. I start talking about even before the girl I was having sex with, the girl before that, who I almost had sex with, but she always stopped me. And then the girl before that, where I almost, you know, I went to third base a lot. It was just one girl who was like, let's just go all the way. And I'm like, okay. And so I talk about this with these junior high and high school boys. And I'm talking about my addiction to pornography. And I'm letting it all out. And I say, thank you. I go sit down. My friend finishes the message. And that's it. I go back to my hotel room. And all of a sudden, I hear this. I open the door. It's a boy crying. He says, I just want you to know, Dallas, what you said, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. And so we talked about it. We sat down. I'm telling him what helps me, what has helped me, and identifying it and and eliminating the things in your life, you know, all these things. And as I'm praying for him, I'm like praying, God, help him give him the strength. And and Lord, I pray that you would be with this in in Jesus' name. Amen. I go open the door. It's another boy. Same thing. Like almost to a T, man. What you said is like, that's like to a T, man. Like, and so we're, I talk him through that and we're, you know, I do the prayer thing and then all of a sudden, and it gets at one point, I look out my hotel room and there was like eight boys down the line who wanted to say me too. And I reminded myself, if I didn't let that out, I wouldn't have allowed people to have the freedom to also confess their sins and receive healing. So you need to understand that I even got more healing from the fact that, you know what? I'm not alone in this. You are not alone in what you're dealing with. You're not. And I could see it even last night. Some of you guys got real during the circle time. You got honest. And it was never returned with someone going, ugh. It was returned with someone going, yeah, I totally understand what you're going through. And I see it happen over and over again. There's relief knowing you're not the only one. There's thankfulness in knowing that your struggle is almost as, uh, as many people struggle. There's healing in knowing you're not the only one that deals with what you deal with. Here's number three. Healing, the healing of community. Which I love that Pastor Keith talked about community last night because, and he used this scripture too. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. See, when you surround yourself with a community of other believers and they know your struggles, they'll want to help. In fact, I could, well, and, and you go, well, is that every community? I don't know if it's every community, but I know it's this community because I've seen it happen over and over again. Where people go, hey, I'm struggling with the Bible. I saw it on Thursday. In fact, they, they didn't say it. Someone called him out on it. Said, hey, are you reading your Bible? And he goes, nope. And instantly, instead of going, for shame, <laughs> my friend Jeremy, where are you, Jeremy? Said, hey, I struggle with reading the Bible too, and so I, I started using this app where I could listen to the Bible. And so he said, hey, I know what you're dealing with, and this is what helped me. And we saw it. And a, guy, you know, a guy talked about doubt. We're like, and asking questions and helping. When you put yourself in community and you say, I'm struggling, you're not going to be left empty-handed. People are going to tell you, I, I know what you're going through, and, and, this, and this is what helped me. 
and I, and I know what you're going through with your marriage, and this is what helped me, and I know what you're doing. I, I know how you're dealing with your kids, because this is what helped me. There's gonna be a community of people who are not gonna look at you on the ground and go, you got yourself there, might as well just figure it out. There are gonna be a community of people who are gonna look and go, I've been where you are, and I wanna help you back up, because I know if I help you back up, and I get you past this, you're gonna see a person on the ground, you're gonna to wanna to pick them up. And you're gonna see a person on the ground, you're gonna pick them up. And that's how we're gonna make life happen at our church and our community is just a bunch of people who come in and they, and they just say, you know what? This is the first church where I feel like I could be real about myself and no one's judging me. In fact, everyone's embracing me and they're helping me. And man, I got a lot of stuff to read now. Now I got a lot of things to start doing now. I was given a lot of advice. That's what community's about. That's why God's saying, don't do it alone. I didn't build you that way. I didn't build you to do life alone. I, I, I built you to do and be in community of people who can help you up. And here's number four, the healing power of prayer. See, I love it in, in verse 16. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You have to understand what the word righteous means. It doesn't mean better than. It doesn't mean longer than. It just means right standing. And if you are a Jesus person, you are in right standing with God. You are a righteous person. So therefore, someone says, I'm struggling and I need prayer. If you've given your life to Jesus, you fit the qualifications of a righteous person. And your prayer, your earnest prayer, meaning, you know what, I'm gonna put a little bit into this, has great power and produces wonderful results. Here's something you have to understand about letting Jesus people pray for you. They'll pray harder for you than you'd pray for yourself. They'll, 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 they'll get bold about your struggles because they have no doubts. They have no what ifs. They're like, hey, God could do it. Let's just do it. And they get real, real bold. I remember one time I prayed for my friend who was struggling with cancer. I wasn't struggling with cancer. I've never struggled with cancer. So I just prayed bold. God, I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that not only would you heal this person, but you heal them so much that the doctors and nurses go, I don't know what's happening, but someone's praying for you because this is a real healing. I, I'm praying bold, and I'm praying prayers that even her husband's like, hold up, man. <laughs> hey, I mean, you're getting, a re like, you're getting real crazy with your prayer right now. And I, but I'm praying. I said, God, I pray that this cancer never comes back. I pray for such a healing that it blows people's minds. And I got people in this room who could tell you and they go, it's true. I mean, you could ask Keith, you could ask Jake, you could ask a couple people. She came back and said, I don't got cancer anymore. And, it, and you're not, get, don't, I know, you guys are like quiet. Here's what I need to understand. It's not because I'm good at prayer. It's because God's good at everything. And I was just willing enough to be earnest and bold and crazy to pray over that. 
We all have those qualifications. And in fact, some of you new believers have more qualifications because you haven't gone through prayers that just God says no to. In your mind, God says yes to everything. So you're just like, God, I pray like, that this would stop right now. I pray that this would be his last drink and he would never drink again. And I pray that the addiction would fall off and it would, it would die in the name of Jesus. And, they just, and I pray, Lord, that he wouldn't even look, that, 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 that alcohol would look like poison to him. In Jesus' name, amen, it's happening. I mean, that's, but here's the thing. God can do amazing things. And when we confess our sins to each other, we will receive healing because people are gonna pray over us and believe over us. Healing can happen in your life. Healing can happen when, you, when you're open. Healing can happen when you hear someone say, me too. Healing can happen when, you're, when you are around community guys who, who wanna help you. And healing can happen when you accept prayer. Here's what I wanna close with. I said that the title of my message is, I don't know why I'm being so honest. And the reason I named it that was because this is a phrase I've heard a couple nights, a couple times in, in the community, the group that we, we've been doing on Thursday nights, that we go around and we're just being real. And I've heard it a couple, I know, I just looked at one of you that, that said it, but they're like, I don't know why I'm being so honest right now. And, and, and it inspired me to write this message because, because you are walking in the healing process. When you do that, and you go, man, I don't know why I'm being so honest, but this is what I'm struggling with right now, and I haven't heard anyone talk about this, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like, I've heard these phrases, and there's healing in that, where you go, man, I, I, don't, I, just, I don't know why, but I need to talk about this. And I bring that up because we're gonna have opportunities for us to be in community, not just during retreat, but outside of retreat. And I really want you to commit to that because some of you got to finally get to a point where you go, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I got to get this out. This is my struggle. And see what God can do with the rest. Where people go, yeah, yeah, hey, that's me, that's me too. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're going through. Yeah, yeah, that's me. And people go, hey, this is, hey, this is what helped me with that. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to help you, but this is what has helped me with that. And, and then go, hey, you know what, man, can I... Can I pray with you, man? Can I just pray that, like, you know, just God can just kind of help you through this? This happens in community. This happens in guys just listening to your story and listening to you be real and raw and honest. That's what, honestly, that's what I love about our church. And I think that's why we attract a lot of uh, non-church people is because they come in, they meet people, and, and, and through just talking to him, they're like, whoa, he got real, real with me. Like, I didn't need to know all that. I just, I don't remember your name. Like, <laughs> like but I know your story now. Like, and, and we have enough people who do that where people are like, man, I need to be around here. Like, people are nice and they're honest and they're, I mean, like, they're telling me why they worship is because, like, if they're not gonna worship, like, then they're gonna think suicidal thoughts. Like, it's just, it's blowing my mind. And, and, and we just, we have people who are real and they're transparent and they're honest. And I think it's because they believe in the healing process that happens in that. Some of you guys have already experienced that and I love it. But some of you guys have been holding on because you've let the enemy tell you that if you don't talk about it, you're better off. 
And, and, you're, and, and, and he's, he's allowed you to say, no one, I know Pastor, even right now, he's going, I know Pastor Dallas is telling you that someone's gonna agree with you, but not you. You got a unique, unique, unique sin. Like, it's just like, it's not invented yet. Like, you've invented it, but it's not out there yet. So, and, and, so I just wouldn't go public with it. I think it might p- make people throw up. So just, like, I, here's the thing. I, they might throw you out of this c- conference if you tell it. So don't, just keep it in. Because I don't want, like, I don't want, you know, the police to get called. You know, I'm just saying. Maybe you shouldn't talk. I, I just, I don't know. I don't want them to stab you. Dude's got knives here. I don't want that to happen to you. I mean, it, the things that could get in our head where we go, nah, 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 nah. And that's fine. Some of you aren't ready to get to this spot yet. I mean, I, it took me years. My sin had to find me out, and then I had to finally get real about it. But I encourage you, be around a community of guys. Because here's what's going to happen. That addiction, that mindset, that, that, that habit that you thought was the number one, the unique, the only person who's done it, when you're around guys, you're finally going to hear that you're not the only one. You're finally going to hear someone go, oh, dang, it's him too. All right. Maybe I can be real about this. Can I pray with you? Lord, I thank you so much for these guys, for these men, these husbands, these fathers, these sons, these brothers. And Lord, I pray that we would be people who don't sit in the back row and don't sit and we don't live life just on the sidelines. But Lord, we realize that when we're in, when we're willing to go full-fledged, it affects a lot of people. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to be people, even though we're scared, we're nervous, we're a little ashamed. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to be people who would stop and say, I'm tired of holding on to this, this thought, this habit, this way of living, and that I would confess it to some people who I'm becoming like brothers to. And I pray that they would help me go from where I am to where you've called me to be. Lord, I pray that you would help us have a good time of just connecting in community. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you.